Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We give you thanks that you have created within us a clean heart. You've renewed within us uh, new life in your Holy Spirit. Help us, Heavenly Father, to live uh, today in this reality, to live in the reality of who we've been made in Jesus Christ. It's by grace we have been saved, through faith. And I pray that today, as your means of grace are given in the, in the word of God, that you would renew within us faith, uh, that you would renew confidence within us, that we would know without a shadow of a doubt that no matter what happens in this life, that we are on the rock. On Jesus we stand. So I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you would be glorified. And that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Over the past uh, months we've been shaken. We've been shaken. When we set out to plan our sermon series for the summer, we thought of following the assigned lectionary texts, which would have taken us through a journey on joining Jesus in mission. But after seeing the things uh, weren't improving after assuming that we would be out of this time of pandemic and quarantine, uh, not knowing that this time would last so long, knowing that it's still difficult for people. We decided that we would preach from the Gospels on the theme, On the Rock, on Jesus we stand. And I want you to know today that you are on the rock, that you are standing on Christ today. It's a gift of his grace, for it is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace that you're standing on the rock. It is by grace through faith in him. So when we entered into this uh, era of quarantine, I thought we, it would only be a few weeks. We'd be back to our normal schedule. By Easter, at least a little after Easter, we would all be back together again. So when we look at what's going on, uh, it can cause despair. Despair. So today, on the rock, in despair. On the rock, in despair. On Jesus we stand. And the good news is, is that when we focus on Jesus, when it seems as if there is no hope, despair dissolves and faith is renewed. So yes, many people are shaken. Many people living within our community today, they're not standing upon the rock of Jesus Christ. They're not standing on him. But we're standing there. Shaken? Yes. But unmoved. On the rock we stand. So, so many people are, are in despair during this time that according to a July 7th article in the magazine Psychology Today, they talk about a spike in depression which has led many people to take their own lives. So this July 7th article of Psychology Today, causes leading to a spike in suicides during this pandemic are the social isolation, financial stress, and a lack of community and religious connections. You hear that? Social isolation, um, financial problems, 
and a lack of connection to community are leading people into the deepest and the darkest form of despair. But we have hope in the midst of despair. We have faith in the midst of despair because we're on the rock. On Jesus, we stand. So today I want us to go to Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. And I'm going to go through verse by verse. And I'm going to unpack this sermon for you today. So verse 40 of Luke chapter 8. Now when Jesus returned, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Now Jesus had just returned. Jesus had just come from the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus' journey over the past days had been very interesting. They had set sail across the Sea of of Galilee to a non-Jewish area. Uh, They had set sail, and as they were sailing, a windstorm came down on the sea. The boat was filling with water. And where's Jesus? Jesus is in the stern of the boat, and there he is, asleep on a cushion. And the disciples said, Lord, do you not not care that we're we're dying here, that we're about ready to drown as the boat is filling with, with water? And what does Jesus do? Jesus stands up and he commands the wind and the waves. He says, be quiet, be still. And the wind stopped. And the waves ceased. And they were saved. Talk about a desperate situation. Being in a boat and knowing that you're about ready to drown, does it get any more desperate than that? Yet Jesus is there. He proves that he is God over the the, the wind and the waves. He simply commands. And they're still. Well, they continue to sail on, and when they reached the shore, and as Jesus got out of the boat, immediately they, were, they had this encounter with a man who was possessed by demons. Not just one or two demons, but the scriptures say a legion of demons. A man who was in a desperate situation. Tormented by evil spirits. No hope, no hope of relief in this situation. And what does Jesus do? He commands the evil spirits to leave, and they leave that man, and they are cast into a herd of pigs. And you know the story how the herd of the pigs ran headlong down the embankment and into the sea. Jesus proved that he is a rock. He is a rock in the midst of the storms of life. And he is a rock when people are assailed by the forces of the enemy. You might be shaken by a storm. You might be tormented by the devil. Know today that you are on the rock. 
on Jesus you stand. So now when Jesus had returned from these events, the storm and, and uh, the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons, the crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. Verse 41. Another desperate situation. And there came a man named Jairus. Now who is Jairus? Well, Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. And this man came falling at Jesus' feet and he implored him to come to his house. Now listen to this and let these words sink in. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age. And she was dying. Let those words sink in. If you have any compassion, if you have any heart for people who are in desperate situations, you will feel for this man. Talk about despair. I can't imagine a more desperate situation than to have a child that's dying. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And then in verse 43, uh, there's another, uh, yet another desperate situation. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. Let that sink in. To have a condition, a chronic condition, for 12 years, and to find no cure. Desperate situations, a storm that threatens their life, a man who is tormented and possessed by evil spirits, a man whose 12-year-old daughter is dying, and now a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. She had spent everything that she had, and she found no one who could bring her healing. So here we have this woman. She'd spent all her living on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone, another desperate situation. Not only was she ill for 12 years, she was also in a Jewish community. Now think of this. If you know anything about Jewish Old Testament law, her issue of blood made her religiously unclean. So if you look at Leviticus and you study Leviticus, if you study this issue of, of uh, people who, who uh, have these issues of blood, You'll learn that if, if anyone touched her, the person who touched her would also be religiously unclean. She couldn't participate in any social or religious gatherings in her state of uncleanness. It wasn't until she was clean and she went to the temple and at the temple she presented an offering of sacrifice that she would be declared clean by the priest. So for 12 years she suffered and nobody could help her. It wasn't simply just the, the issue of, of blood. It was an issue of social isolation. 
and of, of being an outcast, of not being allowed in the community or in the synagogue. For 12 years, she suffered. Verse 44, she came up behind Jesus and she made a bold move. This woman had guts. She came up behind Jesus. Now think of the culture. This is a, a male-dominated culture. She came up behind Jesus and she touched the fringe of his garment. Not only was this a male-dominated culture, this was a culture that that uh, declared people unclean because of this medical condition. And if she was to touch anybody, that person too would be unclean. And she touched the fringe of his garment. And listen to this, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Amazing. Amazing. This isn't the only time Jesus healed people by the sick coming and touching the fringe of his garment. In Matthew 14, we learned that, that everyone who touched the fringe of Jesus' garment was made well. What's the point? You cannot have an encounter with Jesus Christ and not be healed, not be transformed, not be changed. So verse 45, and after this had happened, Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? Who touched me? All denied it. And Peter even said, Master, the crowds surround you and they're pressing in on you. What do you mean, Jesus? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. Verse 46, For I perceive that Power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she, she came trembling. She came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. This woman who had to be careful about not coming into contact with others because of her religious uncleanness was afraid of what she had been dealing with for 12 years. For 12 years she was afraid of coming into contact with people. And then they found out they, that she touched Jesus. But Jesus wasn't concerned about Levitical uncleanness. Jesus wasn't angry. He wasn't angry because this woman had reached out and touched him. Jesus wanted to put the spotlight on this woman. To demonstrate her faith in his ability to be a rock in a desperate situation. Listen to what he says to her in verse 48. And he said to her, daughter... Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Did you catch those words? Your faith has made you well. 
In the original language, the word for the phrase, your faith has made you well, is the same word for salvation. Literally, your your faith has saved you. Here's the key to understanding what it means to be on the rock during desperate times. It is to have faith. The solution in desperate times is to trust in Jesus. To have confidence, not confidence in yourselves, but confidence in Jesus. Believing that he is your rock even when you're shaken by life's circumstances. You might be shaken, but have confidence that you're on the rock. On Jesus you stand. And Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go in peace. What is this peace? This is the peace that surpasses all understanding. And may it guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus today. A desperate situation. A woman healed. Now we go back to Jairus. Remember the man who had an only daughter? Her daughter was about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Verse 49. While he was still speaking to the woman who had been healed, someone from the ruler's house came and said, get this, your daughter is dead. Let those words sink in. Put yourself in... Jairus' shoes. Your daughter is dead. The people say, don't don't trouble the the teacher anymore. Did the people have faith in Jesus? Were they really trusting in, in Jesus and in who Jesus really was and is? Your daughter's dead. So here things things go from desperate to complete. And utter despair. Have you been in that place? Have you been there in your life? Complete and utter despair. But don't forget who's there. Jesus is there. Jesus is the rock and the storm. A rock against demonic forces. A rock against incurable disease. And he is a rock in the despair of death. You see, nothing nothing seems more final or cold than death. Some people may say, sure, I'll, I'll believe that he can calm the storm, cast out demons, and cure the sick. But but raise the dead? Our natural reasoning says that there must be a limit to what Jesus can do. Do you do that in your life? Do you set limits on what Jesus can do? Or do you trust in him and believe in him? Church, there is no limit to what Jesus can do. Believe it today. There is no limit 
to what Jesus can do. He is a rock, even in the midst of death. Verse 50, but Jesus, on hearing this answer, answered him. He says, do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. There are those words again. Only believe, and she will be well. Same word for salvation. Only believe, and she will be saved. So there's the key again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Church, I know that that many of you have been shaken by the difficulties of life. But don't be afraid. Do not fear. Only believe. Have faith. For it is by faith that you are saved. For Jairus and his 12-year-old daughter, that meant resurrection. But did you know that it means resurrection for you too? You are raised with Christ. You are a resurrection believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus' resurrection victory is given to you. That is who you are. But Jesus, on hearing this answer, hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. Verse 51. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James, and the father and mother of the child. Verse 52. And all were weeping, and they were mourning for her. But Jesus says, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. Don't don't mourn, don't weep. She isn't dead, she's she's only sleeping. Interesting. Jesus (coughs) is so unfazed, he is so unfazed by death, that he referred to her death as sleep. Now, Now, the girl had, in fact, died. But Jesus was about to awaken her as easily as from natural sleep. I don't know about you, but but I don't have the power to awaken a corpse. But Jesus does. For Jesus to raise the dead is a task as easy as waking a person from a nap. He is a rock, even in the despair of death. And this is why the New Testament refers to death as sleep. I don't know if you've noticed that as you read the New Testament, the death is referred to as sleep because for the Christian, the death of the body is as temporary as a nap. Because Jesus died for our sin and rose again from death, we believe that our perishable bodies will be raised imperishable. Verse 52, and all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. Look at the response of the people in verse 53. What do they do? They laughed at him. They laughed at Jesus. Knowing that she was dead. Nothing's changed, church. 
We continue to testify to the world of our faith, of our faith in Jesus, of our faith in his resurrection, and the world will continue to scoff. But Jesus is unfazed. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called saying, what? Child, arise. He simply said, arise. And as he spoke, it happened. And her spirit, her spirit returned. And she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed. Her parents were amazed. The word in the original language for amazed is to be out of one's senses. To be out of one's senses. How would you react in a situation like that? But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. This is Jesus. He is your rock. He is your rock. He is your rock in the storm. He is your rock against the assaults of the devil. He is your rock in uncurable situations. It seems there's no way out. Well, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus is a rock even in the face of death. Jesus, our rock. On Jesus we stand. Some of you remember from a couple of years ago, 13 people, 12 boys uh, that were uh, on a soccer team and their 25-year-old coach trapped for 18 days in the Tom Lung Cave in Thailand. Most of us remember that account. On June 23rd, 2018, 12 soccer players, ages 11 through 16, along with their 25-year-old soccer coach, entered the Tom Lung Cave in Thailand. Soon after entering into the cave, what happened? It started to rain. It rained hard. The monsoons began. That torrential downpour, unceasing for weeks and weeks and weeks. Probably no worse time to enter a cave than just before that rain began to fall. It rained hard. The water quickly flooded. The cave, the cave was filling with water and it began to, to fill so much that it trapped the soccer team with no hope of escape on their own. They had no hope of escaping on their own. Talk about a desperate situation. Talk about feeling dread and anxiety and despair. So I ask this question, is our situation in this broken and sinful world any different, any different without Jesus? Is our situation today without Christ any different than what those people experienced in that, trapped in that cave for 18 days? Life is no different. Without Jesus, without the rock, without standing on him, life is no different than being trapped in a flooded cave with water rising. For the trapped soccer team, they couldn't save themselves. They had no hope of saving themselves. They didn't have what it takes to swim over a mile through harrowing underwater conditions. It was only the elite 
the elite Thai Navy SEALs, and expert cave divers who had the ability to rescue the boys in their coach. The same was true of the woman with the issue of blood. Nobody could cure her. Nobody could save her. The same was true with Jairus' daughter. Nobody could help her. Nobody could save her. She needed Jesus. They needed Jesus. And for those young men trapped in the Tom Lung cave, it took resources that they didn't possess. It took, it took a miracle, really. And the same is true of you. You cannot save yourself. You cannot save yourself. But Jesus entered into our world 2,000 years ago to do for you what you could never do for yourself. He went to the cross. He went to the cross, and by his death on the cross, through his shed blood, you are saved. Trust in Jesus. Trust that he died to shed his blood to wash away your sins. And trust that he rose again from the grave. And believe that he did it for you. Because he loves you. Put your faith in him. And you too will have an encounter with Jesus like the disciples did in the boat. Like the demoniac did at the shore. and Like the woman with the issue of blood. And Jairus and his family. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this isn't your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God in Jesus Christ, his one and only Son. So church, we, we live in desperate times. People are living with despair. There's a spike in mental health issues and even in suicide, there's no need for us to despair. No matter what the circumstances are, you're on the rock. It's on Jesus you stand. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for all that you have done for us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us this faith today to trust in you. To know that, yeah, times are desperate. Life is desperate. Even if this pandemic wasn't, uh, wasn't causing problems today, Lord, life is always perilous and desperate. But, Lord, with you, we're on the rock. We're saved. It's a gift of your grace. So for those who are listening today, those who, who hear my voice, I pray that you would give them this faith, that they would... Uh, reach out to you in, in, in prayer and in faith, believing and trusting that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus who did all of these amazing things is, is with us. He promises to never leave us. So Lord Jesus, I pray that each and every person hearing me today would know this reality, trust this reality, and find peace in this reality. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.